we'll get married and that'll resolve the conflict. Oh no, <laughs> that's like, that's bringing the conflict like way closer and you can't get away and you got all kinds of problems. It's putting, it's like those movies where that person is tied to the chair and the spotlight's on them. <laughs> and it's just spotlight on the problem. So yeah, or again, mine, the romantic feelings you have now, it's just, they're always gonna, oh, we're gonna have this love that we're feeling that's going to be forever. But the truth is the Bible never says any of those things about marriage. You may be one choice away from a thriving marriage. Welcome to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast with Brian and Jennifer Harvey. Brian and Jennifer Harvey here. We're so glad that you're joining us and listening to us on the Operation Thriving Marriage podcast. Uh, So we're kicking off this episode and we're talking here about some reasons that people get married. And it's so funny. Everyone wants to kind of share their story of how they met. You know, last episode, we talked a little bit about our our wedding as we're celebrating our um, 20th anniversary. Whoop, whoop. The stories we hear uh, when we're sitting down, particularly, I love and am both frustrated by the experience of doing premarital coaching because everyone walks in and one of the questions we ask is, well, why do you want to get married? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the most common answer I can think of is, I just love them so much. And I can't imagine going through the rest of my life without them. Yeah, that's a line from, I think, practically every TV show and and movie. It makes me sick because. Oh, my goodness. It makes you sick on a marriage podcast that somebody <laughs> loves somebody else and they want to spend the rest of their lives together and can't imagine life apart from this other person. Because it's so naive. Now, that being said, 20 if, years down the road, <laughs> if I'm honest, 20 years ago, that's probably what I said to the people in our premarital class that we took or to Nick, who we talked to a little bit about um, getting married. Who summarily rolled their eyes at us and looked at us with great disdain. So while I am nauseous (laughs) at the idea of that, I get it because... I'll get you that air sickness bag. You're looking (laughs) a little green there, babe. That's where we were. What are some things, though, when you think about, because, I mean, as an attorney, you talk with people getting married sometimes about kind of their estate planning and things. What are some of the things that you hear? Maybe what's the most annoying thing that you hear, perhaps, about expectations of why someone's getting married? Oh, sure. I, I'd say the the good, the bad, the ugly, the uglier, right? Because a <laughs> lot of times, you know, if, if you're talking to an attorney about it, just from an estate planning perspective or otherwise, sometimes you're, people who are getting married, they're going to be... Uh, married for the second time. Maybe they've been widowed. It's a blended family. Maybe the kids are still at home. Maybe they're not. Their spouse that they're, or spouse to be, that they're going to be uh, marrying that individual, you know, might have kids from a previous marriage. Uh, maybe they're still at home. Maybe they're grown. But there's a, a lot of things there. And I, I think sometimes you see people where they've gone through some 
really rough patches on the financial side, maybe because of a divorce. And sometimes it's like, well, marriage is going to bring me financial security. And it's like, well, maybe we've we've looked at some statistics and and we we have seen generally the statistics are people who are married are more financially secure but that's not always going to be the case well and it's one of those i think too like the statistics say that married people make more money mm-hmm. a married lawyer makes more money than an unmarried lawyer good to um, know so things like that but Having more money is not the same as having financial security. Sure. And of course, we talk about security in Christ, financial or or otherwise, right? Of course. Um, so, so I think that's something to really uh, take a look at. I think that you also have people who are talking about having some sort of like emotional security or emotional security blanket or, you know, I'm going to be more mentally stable because I'm married. Or for me, I have my security extrovert because I'm super introverted and... For social <laughs> gatherings, it's not the same thing. It's not it's, the same. It's not samesies. Okay. So but there are so many unrealistic expectations of people getting married. Like you said, financial... Oh, I'm going to be married and I'm going to be financially set and secure for the rest of my life. Maybe, but it takes a lot of work. The marriage itself isn't going to provide that. Mm-hmm. I'll be complete emotional security. I'll never feel insecure. Well... I hope that your spouse is, and it sh- your relationship and marriage should be the safest relationship you have, but I've got all my garbage and insecurities that you're there to help me through them, but you don't take them away. Yeah, I, d- I don't have a magic <laughs> wand or a, you know, a magic eraser that can just get rid of those. Yeah. I wish I could, but you know, hopefully I can help you get through them, but yeah. I can't delete them. Yeah. Or you'll never feel lonely again. That's oh, going to the chapel, that song from the 60s, and we'll never be lonely anymore. And gosh, I wish that was true. But where is your marriage going to take you? I'll tell you when I deployed, when I have to go away on temporary duty or school, knowing you're there to come home to is great. But there's times when I feel lonely and it has nothing to do with you, but there's also times when you and I, we're just, we're struggling through something. And at times as we're trying to resolve the conflict, I can feel lonely because there's a, an emotional separation between us while we're working through the issues. And I feel lonely at those times. And, and we're, we're going to work it out. We're going to come back to it, but, you know, feeling loneliness in those moments. And I know you've, you've seen this where it's like, we're, you and I are doing well as a married couple and, you know, we're doing well in our relationship, but I've got a couple best friends who live out of state and I do miss them and I do feel lonely for them. Yeah. And that has nothing to do with you. Right. Or my spouse is going to make sure I'm happy. Oh boy. I think that that that's kind of a hang up that, that we have just about people, just the whole you know, the, the purpose of marriage is that your spouse is going to make you be happy. Yeah, and it doesn't work. No. Or I've seen this happen too: dating relationships where there's conflict. Mm-hmm. And the solution one of them will have is, oh, we'll get married and that'll resolve the conflict. Oh, no, <laughs> that's like that's bringing the conflict like way closer and you can't get away and you got all kinds of problems. It's putting it's like those movies where that person is tied to the chair and the spotlights on them <laughs> and it's just spotlight on the problem. So, yeah. Or again, mine, the romantic feelings you have now, it's just, they're always going to, oh, we're going to have this love that we're feeling that's going to be forever. 
But the truth is, the Bible never says any of those things about marriage. Mm-hmm. That's that's very very true, and and we what we do want to talk to you about, and and we're of course not looking to knock engaged couples or newly married couples. So please don't hear that. We love marriage, and if you want to get married, we want to be a part of you guys having a thriving marriage. So thank you for listening to this podcast. But we do want to talk to you about what the Bible does say. We want to get you away from some of these lofty. American ideals. And because if one of these ideals or all of these ideals ends up crashing and burning on you because they're not true, you might think that you have a defective marriage or you shouldn't have gotten married to begin with when really you need to be hanging your hat on what the Bible does say. And here's what it does say. Proverbs 18.22 says, the one who finds a wife finds what is enjoyable and receives a pleasurable gift from the Lord. And I I would say that, you know, ladies, the one who finds a husband finds what is is enjoyable and receives a pleasurable gift from the Lord. Marriage is good and having that experience is great. Genesis talks about at the beginning and you hear us talk about this a lot because it's so important to marriage. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. You have this amazing experience of experiencing something of the Trinity, something of what God experiences in the Trinity when you have two individuals becoming that one flesh, becoming that one couple. And also Proverbs goes on to talk about this. this again, a book of, of, of some wisdom here. House and wealth are inherited from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. It's great to get an inheritance or get some monetary or material advantages from your family of origin, but that prudent wife being from God, you're able to cling to her. Hopefully the wives get prudent husbands too, to be able to build something yourselves together. So last episode, we talked a lot, we celebrated our anniversary. We talked about the benefits and some of the things we like about being married kind of at the tactical level, as I like to describe it, where the rubber meets the road. It's like, what is great about being married? And those things are important and those things are valuable and good. And we want you to cling to those now if you are married. And we want you to look forward to those things if you're looking to get married because there's great love and experience. And there's a cultural myth out there that marriage, especially Christian marriage, is the doldrums. That it's, well, now you're, I mean, oh my gosh, I can't imagine spending my life with one person and the ball and chain, the right? ball and chain. And I can never have any fun. And I'm telling you right now, it's more fun when you get to experience fun with your best friend. And when you build the right kind of relationship, you build not only that love and romance and intimacy, but you build that friendship in your marriage. But we want to encourage you, if your goal is to for marriages to get financial security, emotional security. Security comes in Christ, not in marriage. Let me say that again, because that's super important. Security comes in Christ, not in marriage. And if you're thinking that marriage is going to solve all your problems, it's not. What it's going to do is help you become the person God intends you to be and better prepare you to do the works, the good works that God's prepared in advance for you to do. That's what marriage is about. Marriage is about making you more the person that God wants you to be. 
And that doesn't mean that people who don't get married, that God hasn't called to marriage, that they're going to live their lives as single people. Paul talks about great advantages to being single. You're not less human, less holy by being single, but the purpose of marriage is to help you live into that greater holiness that God has for you. And that purpose of marriage is tied to our purpose, our purpose as human beings. And that's why God created us in the first place, because when you read scripture, Genesis through Revelation, you see that our purpose on this planet is to rule creation together as God's representative. We are supposed to care for creation. We're supposed to reveal God and his love to the other humans that are here. And and truly, marriage from the beginning was intended to be a relationship that helps us fulfill that purpose that God has for us. If you're not married and you're thinking about getting married, thinking about marriage, what I want you to do is I want you to talk to each other about what you expect out of your marriage. What are your expectations? Are your expectations of marriage based on society and social norms? Are your expectations of marriage based on scripture? And one of the points that I want to make here is when we talk about this, and we talk about marriage is about holiness, not happiness, and we talk about marriage is about becoming um, more godly, people may think that we're taking the romance and intimacy and fun out of marriage. Oh, there's no way we're going to do that. Absolutely not. The reality can be further from the truth. I think, and Jen's here to correct me if I'm wrong, and she will tell you right here on this podcast, I think there's Ready a Ready great... to jump in as necessary. <laughs> I think there's a great deal of passion and romance <laughs> in our marriage. As I read the family codes that are in the New Testament epistles, I see a responsibility for us to pursue the romance and the intimacy and that closeness. Paul says that you owe it to your spouse to have romance and intimacy. Just look at 1 Corinthians 7. But the purpose of marriage isn't to be sexually fulfilled or to have just an amazing, fun, hedonistic lifestyle. That's not what it means to be Christian. But you do get to when you focus on the purpose of marriage, when you focus on growing in holiness together, I think that brings the other things into greater focus and builds more of that. I feel closer with you now and more so as we've grown in our marriage and this ministry and talked about the value of holiness. I mean, every preacher says they're always preaching to themselves first in the pulpit, right? For us, we're talking to ourselves when we're talking on this podcast. But I think our marriage is stronger because we've learned these things that we're sharing on the podcast and in our book and in our conferences. Oh, sure. Because I think that growing in holiness... You know, the the happiness comes along with that. The, the passion, the romance, the intimacy comes along with that. We've learned to grow in that. And even like communication, we, we have practiced the skills more that we learned as we talk about it. We've made what's implicit, explicit in our own marriage. Absolutely. And I, I think people will tease us about, oh, you, you're both professional communicators, right? You, we got a lawyer, we've got, you know, a, a pastor here, but communication can can be something any profession, any walk of life, you just have to get in there and practice it. So if you're not married yet, spend some time thinking about and talking to your fiance, or maybe you're not engaged yet, maybe you're just seriously dating 
maybe you're not putting labels on it. I know there's kind of like where we're not going to define the marriage, the relationship yet. We don't have that. No what, DTR. That was the thing that I couldn't remember. The DTR. We haven't, we're not going to have that conversation yet. That's weird to me. But anyway, um, I'm Gen X and we just talk about things differently. But if you're not married yet, start sharing what those expectations are. And even in your own mind, are your expectations reasonable? Are your expectations biblical? Are your expectations achievable? Or is this something that you got from a Hallmark movie? And also, of course, expectations for, you know, married people versus not married people. And you're not married until you're married. So just keep that in mind. Don't look to a a, uh, boyfriend to be a husband unless you've gotten married and he now is a husband. Yeah. Playing house is a bad idea. If you are married, our question to you is, how is your marriage living up to your expectations? How are you doing right now in your marriage? Are your expectations for your marriage the same as God's expectations for your marriage? And I'd say if you answered yes to both of these questions, take some time out this week and celebrate your marriage. Maybe go out on a date, talk about your marriage and and what you see God doing in your lives through each other. You know, I I, I say toast with the lattes. You know, I'm a, I'm a latte kind kind of gal and cappuccino kind of gal. There so to take some time to celebrate that. But if you're answering no to one or both of these questions, take some time this week and work through why that is together. And perhaps you should go out on a date together this week. Again, lattes and espressos all around and talk about where your expectations are not aligned with God's standards, what God's expectations on a marriage is, or how your marriage is is not somehow matching and meeting what God's expectations, God's standards, God's objectives are. Because together you can develop a plan to refocus your marriage towards what God's plan for marriage is. So bottom line, go out on a date. Go out on a date and celebrate or go out on a date and reframe. But Or course correct. Course correct. Have fun. Spend time together. Focus on those expectations. Unexpectations in all aspects of marriage are frustrating and can create issues. But they don't have to. And most of the time, what it takes is just spending time to be honest with each other about where you're at. Your spouse loves you. Your spouse wants to have a thriving marriage. And together, when you guys talk about that, you can build. Sometimes it means fixing expectations, and sometimes it just means communicating what those expectations are. There's a lot of unrealistic expectations placed on marriage today. It's easy to fall into this this trap of believing marriage should meet these expectations because they're all around us. To truly have a thriving marriage, we need to align our expectations of marriage with God's expectations, with his standards. We need to look to marriage to help us fulfill God's purposes and represent him to the world. Thank you for joining us on this podcast for Operation Thriving Marriage. Thank you so much. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We look forward to hearing from you. Jen and I started Operation Thriving Marriage to help couples and churches take marriages from merely surviving to thriving. We've got our book, we've got a blog, and resources for our coaching ministry, and you can bring us out for an Operation Thriving Marriage experience. For more information, go to OperationThrivingMarriage.com. That's OperationThrivingMarriage.com.